0: They be like, slow up, homie. You're talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I can't talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Wass some Bradley backs This is going down. We call it the G Splash. Hey. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another super dope episode of the G-Splash Podcast, aka the Podcast. Uh, I can say that now, it's kind, of, it's kind of relevant for this episode, but this is uh, episode number 153. We're in season four. You know how we do here, we kick you six news stories from pop culture of the week. I'm your host, Bradley Baxter, with my man, Chris Bucky-Watts. What up, what
1: up, what up, what up, here and ready to rock.
0: Man, before we get into this episode, we got kind of deep in our (laughs) last episode of the next episode, which will immediately follow this episode if you are a binge listener. Um, But it was fun. I, I, I think... I think we pushed out some stuff that we had never and touched on things we never really thought we'd touch on on this uh,
1: show. Yeah, it was supposed to be a funny Star Star Wars one, and we barely talked about the episode. We got into some real cool yeah. stuff, so yeah. definitely check that one out if you want to see the the more intense side
0: of G splash Yeah, just it's just an interesting time. I think everyone can say that, that that we're currently living in. We don't have to go back down that lane. Everybody knows. knows?
1: Here we go again. Thanks for the support. Uh, All right. Times.
0: But we are also talking about Chapter 12, as well as the holiday special, Lego holiday special that's on Disney Plus and Mandalorian Chapter 12. Chris, did you know that you could buy those fancy macaroons that Baby Yoda is eating in that episode?
1: You can buy the blue macaroons?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. They are over there. over at Williams-Sonoma for a...
1: At dot splashcom oh, 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 Williams-Sonoma, of course, of course. For a nice, cool price. Isn't it Williams-Sonoma? Or it's something weird. It's Williams-Sonoma. Isn't that weird?
0: What did I... That's what I said, isn't it? No, you're outside?
1: right. I just was typing it in, and I realized oh. it's not like... I knew it was weird.
0: Yeah, they're but, they're, uh, they're 50 bucks for a pack of...
1: $50? Yeah. Oh, well, that sounds like Williams-Sonoma. Just a superior quality product.
0: Hmm. I mean...
1: Blue macaroons. How many do you get? Do you get 500?
0: No, I think you get like maybe 12, probably.
1: Well, that's Macaro- just... That's macaroons just in
0: general are expensive. Always I don't expensive. And
1: I'm... a oh, Boy, I love macaroons. I could eat great. a whole mess of macaroons.
0: They're great. And I think it, it, it just must be the complexity of how hard they are to make. That's why they're so expensive. Because they're Absolutely. expensive no matter the, dough where you is, go. the
1: dough is so delicate. The way you have to get them to rise and set and form that. It's just a very a very delicate process
0: crazy crazy
1: if you're uh, having handmade machines of course
0: well aside from that that's what we're talking over at the next episode but today we're talking all about the fresh prince 30th anniversary
1: hell was, yeah we are
0: this was a 90s show and man there's a lot a lot of stuff a lot of stuff to talk about so we'll get to that there they did do it a uh, HBO Max. I said that very rapper like, but uh, they did do a yeah. reunion over at HBO Max. I remember we've talked way before that was a thing that they weren't sure.
1: I thought it was going to be, I was confused. And just to clear up for anybody else, I thought it was going to be an actual episode. Oh. Like, I thought they were doing a reunion show, like an hour long. Show where they all. Where are we now? But it was actually just a reunion to celebrate the show. Yeah, that's. I
0: mean, I was, was very confused. That. Did you not see like a trailer for it beforehand?
1: I did. I thought that that was like a, a commentary that would be on. Like they were they were trying not to tease. Like when I hear reunion of classic shows, I think they're gonna do like. They're going to sit around and they'll all talk about it for a bit and then they'll play the, the thing. And then when you go on HBO Max, we're like, oh, this looks dope. Let's check this out. We watch it. I was like, oh, cool. So maybe later this month they'll launch the episode. There ain't no episode coming. This was the reunion and I loved it.
0: <laughs> what like what show have you seen that has for a reunion has done an episode?
1: Um, uh, um Maybe besides um, Curb,
0: maybe? I don't even know if that's a... They did kind one of. with Seinfeld, right?
1: Yeah, kind of. I guess there's not there's not really a lot that I can think about of the top of my head that have things that have done a reunion episode. Um, but I know they're out there. I know there's a few.
0: <laughs> well, good on like, them. We'll yeah, talk. Good for them. We'll, we'll talk way more uh, about the reunion as well as the show on a whole and some of the things you might not have known about the show. So we'll get into that. But over in our new section, we got tons of stuff to talk about. So, Chris, let's just get into it. Uh, I'm going to kick it off first, though. Uh, this one story is called The Day I Touched the Monolith. So get this, Chris. A sleek metallic monolith was discovered last week in the middle of freaking nowhere.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: an incredibly remote area in the southeastern part of the state of Utah. Now, according to Utah Officials Department of Public Safety Aero Bureau, they, like, flew over this thing uh, in a helicopter and spotted it, landed, and apparently this area is not normally human, uh, humanly possible to, like, get to, in the sense of, like, if you go there, you're not really, it's, like, tough to survive, you gotta, and it's it's easy to get lost.
1: It's in a super remote part of the Red Rocks in Utah. I mean, crazy remote.
0: Now, for those who don't know what a monolith is, this is, uh, I guess, the first time anybody made the references from a 2001 Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick. Absolutely. Um, and this is just. A black monolith. Yeah. It's basically your iPhone that does nothing but float. And it's just. Yep, a,
1: without a screen.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's does nothing. It's just a black square metallic looking thing. Now, this is a, it, from what I read, it's only got three points so maybe it's like a pyramid or something but it's 10 to 12 feet tall
1: the one in what
0: in utah the one in utah
1: yes yeah but yeah 12 feet tall uh silver standing out of the earth like planted in the rock right standing straight up it's a perfect each face is perfectly flat
0: and what they're saying is that this is you know, gotta, it gotta be an art installation or someone put there, but there it's also illegal to do something like this. So Mm -hmm. it's very weird, weird stuff. And especially in an area that this is what I think puzzles me a little bit is like someone's going to go that far to do an art installation that nobody can see.
1: I just don't know. They would have to airlift and drop this piece in. It's one solid piece.
0: Yes, and it's also they also don't know how deep it goes into the ground.
1: Yeah, they're going to do testing, things like this. Listen, this is a crazy thing. This is a crazy little curveball to be thrown at us, but it fits right in line with my theories, and boy, am I going to break them down for you right I'll break
0: now, break it folks. down.
1: I've talked about this podcast before because it came up in a story we had a while back. I, now this is not me being like, put on your fucking tin hats, everybody, but... I like just feel like it's a little bit like that because this is, <laughs> this is this is this is this is a 50/50 for me. 50% of my brain is very logical, very like it's an art installation, it was placed here, you know. But the other half of my brain, the part I indulge in is the part the idea that over the past especially 3 years, the government has been doing some odd things in the sense of they've been releasing things that were previously unreleased. A great example is the three videos they released mm. I think I believe it was early this year. Or it was late last we're year. Like the aircraft was like following the UFOs. Those, it was yeah. actual footage from pilots who were chasing unidentified flying objects or had identified them on their, on their screens and it showed them, but they didn't know what they were. And you can hear the pilots being like, what the fuck's going on? Um, there's also been other things. These strange radio frequencies have been coming in. The government says, Oh, Hey, and they'll do it in these weird ways. There'll be huge breaking news, almost like a Donald Trump style, right? Where something will happen in the world. And then under that, there'll be a story where they say, government releases uh, strange radio frequencies coming from uh, a black hole in the middle of space. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. That's a weird little story. And I just feel like if I was a world government, let's say, or, or multi-government, and I wanted to break the news to people everywhere that alien life existed, we had discovered it, whether we had made contact or not, I wouldn't just do it in a press conference. I wouldn't show up and have the president of the United States or whoever go, hey, everybody aliens are out there we found them this is what they look like bingo bango i would over the course of probably five years slowly trickle things out i would say let's trickle out some of those transmissions let's release some of those ufo things just to get people feeling a little more comfortable with the idea and then bingo bango all of a sudden oh in this remote part of utah there's this silver monolith what does it do who knows but if it's alien Bingo, bango, bongo. We're a little more comfortable. Like if this just appeared six years ago, people would be like, "Oh my god, aliens! Fuck!" Now we're just like, "Eh, what? What else can twenty twenty throw at us? Big fucking whoop."
0: Uh, I'd love that. Chris is the type to ease it in
1: for you. Um, you gotta ease it in, nice and slow. Speaking of easing it in, Brad.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Hold on before we jump to the oh, next. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good segue. I got. I can't. I can't front. But there were. They did find. Um, the rivets in this that were that look pretty man-made but again very human very human but again they won't disclose this exact location because they don't want people going out there because it's a high chance you'll get lost
1: and yeah died. you'll basically get stranded if you go out to this location so it must have been hell that dropped there's no way a helicopter must have dropped this guy in there
0: there's a lot of I mean I have a lot of questions about what this is what how it got there who who did it
1: it'd be funny if it just like wasn't anything like it's like it's like the piece of like, it's like the support beam that hooks onto like a shitter. And it fell out of an airplane as it was being transported and just smashed into the ground perfectly. And we're like, I'm on a modelist. Is it alien? Oh, and and some guys like, like, a, like hey, Joe... wait a second, that goes on the shitter.
0: Like Joe Dirt chasing a meteor?
1: Exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> exactly. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I'll
0: let you find a transition there. With
1: Oh, right. So on the, speaking of things on the shitter. Uh, why don't we talk into into depth? into deep in oh into into depth There you go, into <laughs> deep. Got it. See, I see the pun now. Depp with two p's. Uh, WB—that's Warner Brothers for the layman. They're throwing shots at Johnny Depp. At issue is a musical number in one of the episodes of the Animaniacs. If you didn't know, the Animaniacs are back. It is actually. Hilarious. New season
0: on Hulu. Have you seen any of it? I haven't seen any of it.
1: Very funny. Very, yeah, they, They're taking shots it. all over the place. They have a Donald Trump run they go on that's amazing. Uh, it's still got it. It's still got it. Because they're animations. breaking the fourth wall very yeah. much. So the the yeah. show is very much there in your face. But anyways, that issue in this time is a musical number uh, that sees Yakko, Wacko, and Dot singing and dancing all about the entertainment industry's obsession with reboots, sequels, prequels, and, well, anything that isn't an original product. At one point, however, Yakko sings about how, quote, you've done sequels, try for prequels, while standing in front of a movie poster for faux Johnny Depp films. Johnny 2, Telling Lies, uh, with the actor holding a pair of scissors, and the another which is Johnny, The Beginning, and that poster features a child holding a bag of what appears to be candy. Now, Johnny Depp has had a slew of legal issues lately, uh, but uh, regarding his not only divorce from Amber Heard, but the violent nature and being condoned for the uh, being an abusive relationship. On the other end of that, Johnny Depp has had a lot of people coming to his aid just saying that he was the one that was being abused and taking advantage of in the sense that he already had pre-existing conditions with maybe a little bit of mental health, but also um, addictions to substances, and how Amber Heard came in and basically... Uh, s- saddled or whatever the word would be, his uh, uh, his money, and then abused him, and and his abuse to her was retaliatory. It was a very volatile relationship. So that's been in the press. That's been around a lot. But we see W. B. taking shots, talking about uh, Johnny Depp's career, and, and especially with Johnny Two telling lies.
0: It was a bold jump for a, a, especially in a cartoon
1: platform. It is. It wa It felt. It felt. Here's the thing, uh, the Donald Trump stuff. There's a John. There's a Don. There's there's a thing about the Odyssey, and there's a Donald Trump Cyclops, and they just characterize character, I should say, Donald Trump very well in this, and and all the way he talks and moves and stuff. And I was like, okay, that's poignant. Kids and adults can understand what that's making fun of. This one, this is a little bit more. Like people make fun of Donald Trump all the time. This one's a little bit more for a cartoon show of like. This is we're talking physical abuse. I mean, like we're little, talking allegations on both sides. Cut. Like it's a little, it's a little serious. It's it's a little too dark, even for a show that's trying to be a little dark.
0: Yeah, I I was is my I, thought. My, my two thoughts on this, for those who care, or two cents, however you want to put it. Two is, thoughts.
1: I like that way better than two cents.
0: <laughs> now, as much as it w- was in at least the '90s, it was a kid's show from the beginning it wasn't even like a simpsons it was a legit kid show now that it's on hulu and i haven't seen this so chris you have i know there's only two episodes because they're releasing them slowly what this seems to me is this a kid show or is it not a kid show if it is a kid show this seems like a deep cut that kids would not get so it's,
1: def- it's definitely i know what you're saying and I completely is it, it's
0: more of a is it a nostalgia show where they're banking on the older audience coming back to be like oh I loved that show when I was a kid. Yes.
1: It's it's very much it's animaniacs. It's not something like The Tick or one of these classic shows that was already a little bit our space goes coast, coast to coast. It's not saying oh we were in a, we were kind of an edgy adult show kid show back then so we'll bring that back. It's animaniacs trying to double down, which is a difficult thing to do. But they're trying to double down in the sense of saying, well, we're a cartoon show that can be wacky and very WB. So we can attract kids to watch. Parents will say, hey, you should watch this. But we can also relate to the kids who grew up
0: who are, who are
1: blank years old, 30 plus now, and watch a show when they were kids. So they're trying to do double duty. In this case, I feel like double duty took them a little too far into the adult.
0: Yeah. I mean, they definitely. But it, it can, can go both
1: ways. Yeah.
0: I mean, well, it's a, to me, it, it's definitely a slap in the face of the sense of. There's all these petitions or or a big petition to get Amber Heard removed from Aquaman, which is a Warner Brothers film, and then being and like Johnny nah, Depp has
1: a very long history with Disney as well. I'm sure there's some stuff there.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's and wasn't
1: he just and he was just fired, obviously, from Fantastic Beast, exactly. which I believe is a WB property. Yes,
0: no, it's Universal.
1: It's a Universal property, right? Yeah.
0: So yeah, yeah, I mean. I feel like Warner Brothers would tread lightly on that alone for to be like, hey, we just we we decided to keep her on. We know people don't want her on because of Johnny Depp. So I get the outcry, but I don't know. I don't know. You can't punt again. It's like your job getting involved with your personal life. You can't really cross those streams. But I guess you can. It's very true. It's a weird life. And secrets are everywhere, Chris. So that's why I'm talking oh, about good one. secrets
1: of the ooze.
0: Now, I know I've, my first story was about a real-life thing. This is also a real-life thing. A sinkhole in Toronto has blown up the internet. Uh, commuters thinking that the Ninja Turtles are not far behind and coming back. Last week, I think we talked, or a few weeks ago, we have talked about a reboot coming. This is not that, but... It's this got people is not
1: that <laughs> it's got people
0: stirring. There's been an image of a green ooze found in a sinkhole, and they've been blasted all over twitter. uh it would seem the sinkhole is some kind of test being put on the Toronto water department or by the Toronto water department okay I've seen I don't know if you saw this video, but it's legit like the ooze, very green from the very green. it's it's super green. But apparently this is some kind of dye test to see if um, Mm -hmm. the sinkhole is related to the sewage or the water. Yeah,
1: you have to to do a test. You have to put the dye in and mm -hmm. see where it comes out, similar to human body. And so they can make sure that it's all one thing. But it's very, if you, uh, I agree with Brad. I have to just hop in and say, just pop on your phone and Google ooze Toronto. Because you don't see this color much outside of a Ghostbusters film or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles property.
0: Which makes me think, if I am who oh, Nickelodeon owns the the brand, if I'm Nickelodeon and we're talking about a reboot, why can't you? You should definitely be making some sewer issues and putting this dye in some shit in New York City. Hell
1: yeah! Now they already know this stuff makes it look like that. That's like you already got yourself a prop.
0: Yeah, exactly. It'd be. I mean, it it's perfectly in line. I'm i i am a big Ninja Turtle fan. Oh,
1: um,
0: yeah. I would love to see a reboot done with the puppets. I think Gremlins is a big hot topic right now because they're talking about CGI or puppets, and I think they're going to really? lean towards the puppets. Yeah, because I believe they were also done by Jim Hansen, the puppet yes. shop or whatever, right?
1: Yeah. No, by the puppet shop, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're talking about bringing... A, I don't know if it's a reboot or a um third film, but they are talking about bringing back puppets and not CGI. So there's a lot of stuff returning to the fold.
1: You feel me? Wow. Well, speaking of things returning, I'd like to talk about things retiring. <laughs> How about retire, <laughs> retiring? Reti- I'm not getting any totally, better at this, but no, I love it. I totally, I totally botched that. You know, I'm I'm fucking falling apart. Retiring Joe Rode, R-O-H-D-E. I should probably know that, but I'm going to go with Rode instead of Rode. Um, He's a veteran of the Disney Imagineering program whose official title currently is executive designer and vice president of creative. Uh, He has informed the Disney company that he is going to retire... In January. Now, according to the post from the official Disney Imagineering Instagram account, uh, Rode has worked on a number of notable projects during his time with the company, although he is likely best known as the brains behind Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is the zoological theme park at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. Disney Animal Kingdom, which opened in 1998, is one of the most ambitious projects that Disney Parks has undertaken in America since the construction of Walt Disney World in the 60s. It's very true. If you have been to, uh, and I I think you have definitely, Brad, if you've been to Animal Kingdom, you have never been to Animal Kingdom?
0: I've never been to Disney World.
1: Here's the best thing about Animal Kingdom, okay? If you go out front of the, the park gates where there's the big thing that says Animal Kingdom, it's like right where before you buy tickets and go in, it's a giant arch. It's Animal Kingdom. And if you, and let's say you're there with a gal, okay? Man, and you're hard. there with your sweetheart, you know, the apple of your eye. And yeah, you well. say, you say apple of your eye, come here. And you stand her or, or him uh, right there <laughs> in a certain place. And you go back and take a picture. Their head will block a few of the letters. So it will actually say Anal Kingdom. Um, And that's my favorite thing about Animal Kingdom. Wow, I was Um, so not
0: expecting that, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, Anal Kingdom. It's hilarious. Just go and do it for yourself. No, but it is a a masterful... uh, It's like a zoo and a theme park collided. Like you're walking through... It feels like you're walking through the San Diego Zoo... Uh, And you're like, wow, this is cool. Like, there's an animal exhibit over there, and I can go and do this thing. And then all of a sudden, there'll just be a fucking roller coaster. And you're like, how did this get here? And it has some of the, I mean, Expedition Everest is an amazing coaster ride. The Tree of Life at the center is amazing. And as we know now, uh, Avatar Land has been added to the Animal Kingdom. So that whole thing is there. Which he was behind. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely.
0: Joe Rode was behind all that. Um, He was, he's been working there. uh, Genius Imagineer. Yes, genius imagineer. He's, he's really the, for those who may not know the name off top. He's the one who's had like the the mad ear, like the weird earring with like safety pin, like all kinds of stuff on his ear. Um, yeah, you'll, during if you, during the documentary of uh, any
1: documentary yeah. of Disney, and he pops up, you'll know him because he's got one ear just rocking like thirty earrings.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, he's one of the best uh, imagineers and and someone a creative has been pretty much around from the jump and he they he did make a joke about he always wanted to retire young and he was like i'm 65 and now i'm gonna retire and i feel like i'm completing that but they've
1: had a really the disney's had a really one thing that i think has made them successful in the sense of the things they create when you go to a disney park and you look around you see it's it's all about the immersive experience obviously Um, But the Imagineering is something that always gets a lot of notoriety, and that's because they've also been fortunate to have an amazing array of Imagineers. There's Mm -hmm. a great book that's like a Disneyland history book that I read, um, and it's amazing. But in that, you know, you're getting these names, and if you go back you watch Disney things, Tony Baxter was amazing. Marty Mm -hmm. Sklar was unbelievable. And now Joe Rhodes, I mean, another one who's amazing. You can go back through their whole history, and you'll see these Imagineers who did these unbelievable things. Yeah. Um,
0: I would just to add on to what you're saying, Chris. I think what's really, really interesting is that a lot of these guys were thrown in to figure it out, and a lot of—I wouldn't say a lot. I would say 99.9% of companies today don't double down on. Hey, here's the idea. Let's figure out how to do it. And, you know, I mean, Disneyland, the theme park industry in itself, none of those guys knew what they were doing. They're like, well, like, Hell no, we'll fucking figure it out.
1: They pop them all in. I mean, the guy that did all of the landscaping and stuff for the foliage at Disneyland is for a great example. He was an ex like battleship captain like who got out and was like oh yeah i like plants and he designed all these creatures they just get lucky a lot of times with the people they have and the big names they have and, and this is another example of someone who came in had a great creative design obviously i and a passion for it and their imaginary let them build this whole thing i mean i remember my like childhood during the lead-up to 1998 like and, and brad you might not remember this because you're 30 or 40 years older than me <laughs> i can't remember but um the funny thing, <laughs> I remember, if you watched the Disney Channel in that time frame, all they talked about was pumping up Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom, we're building the Tree of Life. It's made yeah. of 752 individual blah, 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 and all that shit was this dude. So Disney's losing something really good, but he's retiring early. So good for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, he's behind Avatar and a lot, a lot of stuff in Epcot. He's done a lot of great things. He's definitely been a leader in a uh, Frontiersmen.
1: In the, yes, the he's future. definitely been a uh, he's been a pioneer, Hulk. he's been a Hulk of the Disney industry. He's
0: ready, brother. Chris Hainsworth received uh, a re endorsement for his physique by the very man he'll portray in an upcoming Netflix biopic, Hulk Hogan, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan said this in a tweet or Instagram or something. Uh, he was like, He's already there, he's ready, brother. Um, it's ready, brother. and then he it's also ready, hogan, he, he, he threw some uh shots of hangsworth hitting the gym and he also said Hot. but is he good looking enough to play me hello hello <laughs> hello 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 white america oh boy.
1: What, uh, what time does hulk hogan go on at the comedy cellar
0: uh hulk hogan's Shut always the fuck been up, hogan. <laughs> hey uh <laughs> what's he this?
1: sucks the rock's better just kidding.
0: It's a passing of the torch, that's for sure. They're both fucking lames. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean Chris uh you know who's funny is Chris, is that Chris Pratt has been like yo My
1: name's Chris, stop saying that.
0: Yeah, that's why I said I said hey Chris. <laughs> By the way.
1: Chris, uh, Chris Pratt wait, said of Chris Hemsworth.
0: Song. Oh, um, what did he say? He said, Yeah, he needs to stop working out. <laughs> because Really it was a joke, but He's but, getting
1: too shredded.
0: Yeah, he, I mean, he's he's big. He's whole I mean, he's getting Hulk Hogan big. You've got to be big
1: to be Hulk Hogan.
0: But and Zoff- this
1: movie is going to be on Netflix?
0: Yeah, it's a Netflix biopic joint.
1: Wow. I wonder if it'll be any good. Uh, well, what was
0: Chris Hemsworth's last movie called on Netflix where he's like
1: Uh, Extraction. And it was actually pretty fun. It wasn't a good movie, but it was a fun movie.
0: In of in the sense of it like was a, basically it was like giving him a
1: gun and letting him kill everything for a while. It was
0: like a Rambo back when Rambo. Yeah, was very
1: in Rambo-esque.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to actually see this movie. Obviously, Hulk Hogan's a nostalgia. Yeah, I'm interested character. to learn
1: more about his life, and I wonder if you think Andre the Giant will be in it.
0: Uh, who knows? I mean, so my
1: number one. Well, it's like my number two favorite wrestling match of all time it was when Hogan, when Hulk Hogan brother lifted up Andre the Giant. I think for like half a second.
0: Macho Man, Macho Man's in it.
1: Macho Man Randy Savage. I,
0: I thought it was Chris Evans that was going to play Randy Savage, but
1: nobody is. In Sam Rockwell
0: No, Sam Rockwell is going to play Roddy Piper. And,
1: Channing, and, and, Channing
0: Tatum is going to play Macho Man.
1: Are you sure? Because the cast on IMDb has nobody. Lucas Lee. Yeah, nobody's cast in this movie other than Chris Hemsworth.
0: <laughs> Chris Hemsworth is beefing up. It's going to be <laughs> a bunch of beefcakes. Uh, in the up, wrestling Brad. rink, in the wrestling ring, <laughs> you never know what's gonna be happening. You know what I mean?
1: I am so glad you brought up beef, Brad. Boy, howdy! Let me tell you all about beef. When I talk to you about Wade's burgers, I'm talking Wade Wilson, uh, Deadpool. Uh, so here's the deal: these Is two the deal. <laughs> women have outrageous last names. I'm, so I'm just gonna give it a go. Wendy Molina, Molino, Molino. And Lizzie Molino-Leguinen, holy dog shit, let me tell you this last name, everybody out there listening right now. Let me just, if you're at home, grab yourself a pen and a piece of paper. I want you to write this name down and tell me how you'd pronounce it. M-O-L-Y-N-E-U-X. I say it out loud and you're saying, Chris, that's not so hard. And then you look down at the paper you just wrote and you say, Mother of God. Now, now let me throw another curveball at you. Lizzie's last name is... M O L Y N E U X hyphenated
0: Just say hyphen
1: L O E G L I N Legolin Molino Legolin. So these two sisters, possibly wives, haven't looked into it deep enough, um, have signed on to the project, which is Deadpool three. Uh, the sisters are oh there it is sisters. They're best known as writers and executive producers on the long running and one of my favorite shows, animated sitcom bob's burgers they're also the showrunners for the upcoming fox series the great north which is due out in february i'm looking forward to watching that because i'm a big fan of their writing style brad thoughts <laughs> <laughs> that's a dodgeball i cannot <laughs> it,
0: that's exactly what i was, was thinking um yeah so i Full transparency is I wrote this story. I did not tell Chris anything about it beforehand. But no, I figured I, I figured he would know this story because he's such a big Bob's Burgers fan. Um, Huge. Love Bob's. But I definitely left out a lot of things about what this story was really about.
1: That's why it's fun. Uh,
0: Ryan Reynolds has come on, and he, he actually made a lot of moves for these sisters to write Deadpool 3. Obviously, he's been in talks. Um, if you're familiar with our show, we've talked about this before. Uh, him talking to Disney about getting Deadpool 3 green lit. Now it's it's in it's in motion. It's we don't know when it's gonna be filmed. And there's a lot of stuff still to tie up. Um but it's going to be written by uh the people who do Bob's burgers. Which it is, is really no. great. I just great, I just
1: Googled it. It's Molino. It's a
0: great uh, which is a great animated show.
1: Great show. If you if you're still someone who's saying, oh, I never gave Bob Burgers a chance or Bob's Burgers seem like a rip. Oh, my gosh. It is its own. It is. I would say it's the equivalent to people who have not discovered Parks and Rec because they like the office because I like the Simpsons or Family Guy. I don't want to watch Bob's Burgers. Eat a huge, throbbing dick, whoa, and then whoa, whoa, sit whoa. down and watch Bob's Burgers. It's a fantastic, fantastic show.
0: Um, I mean, we talked last week about um a show called Wayne, which was done yes. by the writers who did one and two. One and two, yes. Of Deadpool. And I can't remember, off the top of my head, I did read this somewhere, that there was some I think it was like a Feige thing where he was like, mm, I don't I don't know if I like them writers or Ryan Reynolds had a thing with the writers.
1: Really? So, That's interesting.
0: There was something about the transition to Fox and all that, which we're very familiar with. But um, no, I think, I think the, the comedy style of Bob's burgers.
1: I think Deadpool it's going to fit so well.
0: And Deadpool could be really cool. And I think, it's... I think the great thing about Deadpool is You have a lead actor who is super invested in the character, which is very rare at this point. Especially, I don't think anybody else could do the transition of studio jumping that Ryan Reynolds kind of had to handle. Uh And I think it fits perfectly in the mold. Now I mean the, what the it,
1: consensus online is that this is was a diversity move by Feige.
0: That's that is one one of the things because it is What a too bunch t- of
1: horse shit. I think Also a- this cosmic book news is not reputable. You know how I know it's not? Because as I suspected, when you start that off, it's obviously an opinion piece. And then my favorite part of this thing he's saying well, no. he says Instead, Feige is going with a pair of newbies, Wendy, blah, blah, who are basically only known for Bob's Burgers. He didn't have to put basically only. He could have said, who are known for Bob's Burgers. I yeah. just think that this article I'm reading yeah, from okay. Cosmic Book News is very heavily laced. Okay, and interesting. Matt yeah, I... McGloin is a piece of shit.
0: <laughs> I don't know the article. Continue, Brad. Sorry about that. You're referencing. But yes, I think this. There's a, there's a couple of things here, like I said, we know Ryan Reynolds has been in the office in and out of Disney, trying to figure out when they're gonna f- his whole thing because Deadpool is the only thing they're keeping from the Fox properties. Right. Um, it's been brought up too that Ryan Reynolds has been pulling for these sisters to write the next film, and they're, Kevin. They're and f-
1: wonderful. They have a great humor style. They'd be a great fit.
0: As well as Kevin Feige trying to make a more, he's trying to be uh proactive in, in putting people in place,
1: absolutely
0: versus the white guy.
1: You so, can only ride the Ryan Coogler train for so long, that you <laughs> yeah you hired one black uh director, that only that's only gonna take you so far
0: he's addressed that multiple times and how he needs to make more of an effort. But I think things are being placed in his hand where he, it's easy for him to make those
1: decisions. Absolutely. I think there's definitely been the idea that there are a lot of diverse voices out there and we need Mm -hmm. to access them more. I mean, even I know I made a great, fantastic joke about it earlier, but Ryan Coogler was an amazing had has great work. He was not a diversity hire by any means, but he was a super young relatively unexperienced pick to direct a huge blockbuster like black panther and yet it paid off dividends so i think it's a great lesson that that disney needed to learn that marvel needed to learn that everybody needs to learn that their diverse voices make you better they make it what you put out there they make your storytelling richer i mean we got because of kugler's direction and, and he helps write that didn't he as well
0: um, I believe so. He had a he had a definite hand in it.
1: A hand in how it was directed, like and, and that part, like it makes you stronger. So the idea of hey, these two white guys, Rhett Blank and Blob and Blinkety Blong, did so good for us in Deadpool one and two. They were awesome at Fox. They killed it. They made great. They set. They built a universe of Deadpool. We're gonna take it on, and we're gonna give some people who haven't had a chance to show their voices on this level. We're gonna give them a chance because they made a show that a lot of people wrote off last and keep going i mean it's on like season 10 now so they have some some big guns and let's show them off so i support this move i know it sucks those two oh, yeah. guys are not part of it anymore but i think even if it is a quote-unquote who oh, diversity hire who oh, nixon's voice no i, I think, think that's, it's a good I think thing that's
0: sideline i think that's just sideline chatter i don't mm-hmm. think i don't mm-hmm. think those are the Agreed. motive moves i think um you have a a actor who's Who's so involved in where this character is going and the drive behind it. And I don't think anybody sees the character of Deadpool being played by anybody else or even thought of being played by anybody. You know what I mean? Like there's just no one else that could do what Ryan Reynolds is doing. And the fact that he's like stepping in, accepting the transition, it's like being traded, but not really traded. Absolutely. And then taking on these, writers that he he thinks that he can work with i think deadpool's an easy character when you keep a guy like ryan reynolds in the fold so it's not like they're they're trying to rebrand or anything else or like bringing uh hugh jackman to play uh wolverine again it's, sure. it's a different it's a different scenario I agree when this starts happening it's is going to be a long time from now so hopefully we're ready for mutants
1: absolutely i'm down
0: <laughs> been down from the get down all right uh chris let's get into this main topic though because we're talking oh, all it's about a
1: good one the fresh
0: prince of bel-air now this is a story all about how my life got flipped turned upside down and i'd like to take a minute just sit right there i'll tell you how i became the prince of a town called bel-air
1: this is great i can't wait to talk about this reunion episode it was a lot of fun i didn't even know we were going to talk about it and i watched it before i knew we were going to talk about it because i was so excited to see it and boy it this is my opinion it did not disappoint i loved it i loved the structure i loved all of it what about you brad what are your initial thoughts
0: Well, I love that you read the schedule because it was on there for a couple weeks. Oh, it
1: definitely was. But I was still waiting for the reunion thing. So I was like, well, watch this. And then I was like, oh, shit, that was the thing.
0: So egg on my face. (laughs) Well, you got egg on your face, baby. Um, (laughs) uh, All right. So it's been 30 years
1: officially. Since Can't believe that. Unbelievable, actually.
0: The Fresh Prince hit hit airwaves. And there's so much about this show, and we're going to get into it, but mainly what sparked us to do this show is just perfect timing, I think, but they're doing, they did a reunion show over on HBO Max. Now, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, me, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air
1: celebrates the Fresh Prince of Bel-Hab Sounded was like my favorite show that I ever Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was a big hit, nice, solid shot out the left field in Bel-Air.
0: The count is one and two. Um, <laughs> but the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's reunion celebrated uh, the 30th anniversary, which is crazy to even hear that number. But it also shows the inevitable cast come together in a a once-in-a-lifetime special. Taped on the show's recreated living room set, this joyous reunion looks back at classic pop culture show. I don't know how just the steam... I mean, Will Smith has... You've pointed this out to me. that Will Smith hasn't had a good box office smash movie in a very long time.
1: A long time.
0: But his... Social media, ins- or at least his Instagram, has just blown oh, up since
1: he. it's fire. His TikTok is fire for a dude that's 50 or whatever. There's not a better 50 year old on any of these dude, platforms. His TikTok, whoever he has, because he, you know, he has a team helping him, right? Like, of course, that team is so money, dude. It's crazy.
0: But I think also it will smith at the same time. I think it's just oh, like it, oh, made, it just it, makes it's sense.
1: It's not it's not publicity team saying, "Hey, Will, line up. You're gonna do this shot." it's freaking no. it's him saying, "Oh, cool. I really want to do this thing. Uh, should we, can we make it happen?" And then like, they go ahead because like all the and, and what we're talking about directly is <clears throat> if you've watched that song, it's like and here it goes. I'm just a kid and like whatever. That yeah, TikTok those... sound is being played over him, and with the cast, or him just alone on this awesome set because they rebuilt the set. It yeah. would be him, old him, doing something, and then it flashes to the scene from the show when he was young. And that's that's just his fire account that he's been putting out there.
0: All of this stuff, not only that, but oh. I would I would I would say even to the point where. Um the Drake song,
1: kinky. Do you love me? Oh yeah.
0: Like he did that on top of a fucking building overseas. Like, Oh, he's done some, he does cool
1: things where he does like jumps through shit and pops out and like his thing is fire. So he was already, I would say what we're, what we're circling around here is the fact that he was already pumping this thing. Like that shit's been going, which made people want to be like, what is this? I want to see all these people back together.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, also to, you know they got the red talk red table talk with Jada and her mom and all that or whatever the, on Facebook so there's he's regenerated himself in a sense um his movies haven't been, have been whatever i mean Gemini Man was trash Bad Boys 3 was trash I'm a big Will Smith fan I think he's one of the be- better actors but not lately. <laughs> he had like a hot run. Isn't
1: that the worst? I think that's the worst part. Not the worst part, actually. Like I love what you're on. I've never, I've never, I've never, yeah, disappointed. Cause I'm a huge Will Smith fan too. And I would say his, his latest blockbuster him. that was, blockbuster that was positive was Aladdin, which I thought he did a fantastic mm. job. And I thought he was a great casting choice. And I know I, that's, and I not everybody that feels mad. that way, but I would say opposed to Gemini man and bad boys tree. Um, Yeah, it's it's butter, but I love what you just said, Brad, because I actually hadn't thought about it that way because I see his stuff online, and my reaction is, I wish Will Smith would be making better movies. But instead, it's like, no, Will Smith has taken what he had, what he has, and he's transitioned it to where he's having more fun with it. Like, he's having fun doing these little tiny TikTok clips and, like, making these things. And he's not doing it lazy like some celebrity who's like, oh, I should probably do TikTok. He's, like, getting inventive, and he's getting creative. No, I I think that's what... I think that makes it fun. You want to, you see him succeed in a different way. So I'm glad right. you said that.
0: I, the way I would say it, it is too is like it's very mature. It's his age. He's not, He's like being himself more so than he ever has, especially as a celebrity.
1: Yes, very much so. And that he's, came through it, on this reunion special too.
0: Yes. Now let's get let let's start. Chris, that's a great point. Let's start talking about this reunion special. Um, this features a lot of. St- great things and i kind of have many great things i kind of have this mixed up uh, with the show and the trip and the reunion but let's talk about the reunion for a second um
1: yeah absolutely let's let's jump in
0: james avery who
1: he couldn't make it played he couldn't make it
0: (laughs) jesus christ that was (laughs) i find that funny but that is (laughs) a very cold joke
1: it's because he's dead everybody at home
0: um but James before <laughs> <laughs> Jesus before
1: rest in peace he was a wonderful The Fresh man, Prince of Bel-Air
0: actor. I I knew James Avery before Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Really? That, that is because he's the voice of Shredder on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon.
1: Is that true? Google it.
0: You let me know.
1: Damn, good for him.
0: So James Avery is a very well known actor, voice actor. He's done voices, uh, Broadway, I believe too. So they do this tribute, and that's, you know, because of his passing and stuff. But I don't think we see Will Smith as Will Smith without James Avery. I think he. It's,
1: it's funny you say that. I I completely recontinue.
0: Continue. I just think that. Will Smith was in a very unique situation that is a a once-in-a-lifetime scenario. Uh, No intentions of being an actor. Was a rapper who was hot at the time and just kind of got lucky.
1: I'll, yeah I'll, i mean he has that great he has that great story just to set up the the show itself where you know quincy jones who i had no idea was involved with fresh prince i think i was too young oh, really? to understand who that. quincy jones was mm-hmm. but the fact that this was idea of like will smith and and jazzy J were like on jazzy the rise Jeff. they were cr- i call him jazzy jay yeah, i, I think it's why. funny uh Uh, they were on the rise like they were just blowing up like crushing it and then this idea of like we're gonna make a show based around you and he was like and and the show is based on the other guy's life i know about how he
0: you know ended up
1: going from watts yeah betty medina went from watts to beverly hills or bel-air but then you know he was like there's that great story he tells never Quincy jones like where are you from he's like philly's like oh okay we can make that work (laughs) And like this idea that he was up and coming they said we're gonna build a show around you and put you into this And he's like, I'm not an actor. I don't know any of that shit. But then it ends up turning into this thing. And I love what you just said about the James Avery thing. If you watch this, there's a really... The moving tribute to James Avery is huge. You can see the impact he had. But the stories they tell. You could tell this guy, James Avery, he just... He was the power acting and he believed in all of them. Like he wanted them to succeed. This show is about taking young people and pushing them to be amazing and grow their lives and their careers. And I thought that was really, really touching. I mean, and how much everybody loved him. They saw him as a father, which is really cool. That's what that's what you hate. Right. You hate when you love a show growing up and you come up. You find out later that somebody it was an asshole or like, oh, yeah, nobody liked Chevy Chase ever. You're like, oh, damn, he seemed like such a cool guy. James Avery's the same thing. That's one of my... A great example, actually, is Cliff Huxtable. Cliff Cliff Huxtable was one of my parents growing up, I felt like. Like, I felt like that dude raised me. And then you find out Bill Cosby's drugging and raping people. And you're like, ah, shit, that ruins it. But James Avery, from the friggin' womb to the tomb, was just a good dude.
0: Yeah, I think... I think James Avery was the the glue of that show. I think... And we, we've we learned a lot about Will Smith, at, at least in the last, like, week or so, about who he really was on the show. Sure. And, um, uh, of course, this reunion plus the Red Talk table that happened after this, which we'll get into in a little bit.
1: Yeah, he's been going through a lot of shit.
0: Uh, yeah. But I think what's interesting about Will Smith during this period of time... um that's different than a lot of celebrities is he's airing out the laundry. Yeah. And
1: really hitting it full force
0: and taking on the weight of it. Uh, and just like being honest about it versus like, you know, Oh, this shit leaked out. Like my publicity person, who do I, how do we fix this? You know, like he's just owned kind of owned it. And we'll get into that a little bit deeper because there's a lot to play with that. But um, the the James Avery tribute in this, I think it touched everybody. As far as the cast goes, it, it just and one one of my favorite parts of, about it all is um, what Will Smith says is there's like this scene where uh, mm. on one of the episodes of where Will Smith's dad comes into play. It's The best episode. If it's you one. Don't of, know it is. This, it's yeah. You know. I think it. I think it. Elevates Will Smith as an actor, and really.
1: Why don't he want on, me, man? Why don't he want me?
0: Exactly, Chris A great And then, uh, but w- w- what Will Smith reveals is that in that scene, while he's, you know, teared up, where his he's talking about his dad who who doesn't want him, and he's hugging James Avery. James Avery is whispering in his ear that's acting. You know, like yeah. yeah. Because and we found this out later too is that Will Smith was always while he was on this show was trying to prove that he could be an actor. I mean, you're talking about a, a guy who was a rapper. And Chris, you talked about his audition like he auditioned at a party at, at a Quincy party. Jones' house. And yeah. Quincy Jones put him on the spot was like
1: no. You can do this, right? He was there like you
0: go. he's like cool. Hey, Let's do an audition. And Will Smith was like, Yeah, no, I'm not ready. Like, let me, can I have a couple of days of rehearsal? Da da da. Meanwhile, he's supposed to be on tour.
1: Right. It and was a stopover.
0: Yeah. He flew he flew to LA to go to this party to meet Quincy Jones or whatever. He then gets put on the spot and he's like, nah, let me review a script or whatever. And Quincy Jones, is like, no. Come here. He pulls him in an office, and he's like, "You'll never get all these people in the same room at once. Now's the time to do it." And these are the yeah, people. Yeah, if you who can prove it, be- prove it now. Exactly, but at the same time, like he had never acted; he didn't even want to be an actor. I don't think at that point
1: it wasn't on his radar. It was something that he was like, "Oh, cool."
0: No, he's a musician. He wanted to be a musician. So somehow Quincy Jones talks him into it, and he's like, "All right, give me ten minutes." He does this little thing and whatever, and then he's like, cool. He goes back. Jazzy Jeff is like, man, we're supposed to be on tour. He comes back, and he's like, yeah, we got a TV show now.
1: Yeah, and he's like, what?
0: Yeah. But for those who don't know, this is a little insider tip. Uh, Will Smith was not the first person to be interested about playing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It was, Brad actually,
1: was actually the first person that they interviewed.
0: <laughs> no, I wasn't even born. <laughs> well, no, actually I was. I was five.
1: I was yeah, five. they wanted to go. They wanted to go younger. I heard.
0: Um, no, this actually—it's all in the doc. This actually was originally offered to Kid and Play. Which, really? Which, if you think about it, makes more sense. Like makes makes sense.
1: more sense. He'd already been in. I think by that point, had he already been in House Party? And and
0: they actually already had a cartoon show on NBC. Like, Saturday morning cartoons or whatever.
1: Yeah, 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 but yeah. Okay.
0: the reason Kid and Play didn't take it was because NBC had canceled. It's either NBC or Warner Brothers had canceled the cartoon. So they He's, were like...
1: Nah, I don't want to do nothing.
0: It was kind of like, a, oh, you canceled our cartoon? Now you want us to do this show? Nah.
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> so.
1: Interesting. Well, but it gave us Will Smith, and it gave us somebody who... I'm glad you brought that up earlier, too. You know, who didn't necessarily want to be an actor, got put into this role, shows up, and one of my favorite things from the whole doc, and if you watch this, I think you'll love it too, it's because it's fun to see. I'm talking to the viewer, not you, Brad. Is the fact that he was so nervous, and he took it so serious, that he didn't memorize just his lines, right. he memorized everyone's, everyone's lines. lines. And so right. they go back and they show this footage, and I love in the reunion how they did it. They're showing us, the viewer, footage of him in scenes with people and right. The person will be saying their lines and it'll zoom in on his mouth as he says the exact same lines. This is in the actual episodes that aired, but the Don Don, Cheadle, the the Don Cheadle talking about it. And he's in there saying Don Cheadle's lines are sitting right next to him. My favorite part is though, they show Will Smith now that, and he's like, Oh my God. Like I was so bad. Like people used to yell and they'd be like, shut up with that Yeah, because he he was so nervous. He'd learn everyone's line. So that he could say everything to make sure he was always on cue. And, like, I think that shows someone who has dedication to be end up becoming who Will Smith is. You know, he's a a, a global superstar. And I think right. that it started with there, and, and there are the moments that you brought up, like, the James Avery one. Is the idea of, like, it's easy to be a fun, goofy idiot, but it's hard to bring that emotion. And that scene and that episode, specifically with Will's dad, it stands out. It stands out to people who are casual fans or hardcore fans because... It's a moment of true emotion. It's this raw, unbelievable power where Phil is accepting Will as his, as his actual son, but also Will is dealing with the fact that his dad doesn't want him. And the fact that Will Smith, at I'm guessing, I'm thinking at that point he must have been 21, uh, is having this very like classic Will Smith cry emotional moment, and it's working. That's something we're going to see years in advance in other movies and projects. And mm-hmm. the fact that James Avery was smart enough to see that and he was smart enough to see that in him he was smart enough to see it everybody else there he was smart enough to understand how important it was for them to celebrate and to understand the impact they were having culturally and the impact that the people that came before them had done and and that's something I told Allie you me my wife were watching that documentary and I leaned over and said you know the funny thing is I don't remember or I don't think of I should say this show as a black show if that makes sense uh, like no, i be... never i never interpreted it as oh this isn't a fully black cast mm-hmm. but it made me appreciate and i know it's in bel-air and it's rich not so It's not a true maybe uh, i don't know how you would say like it's not really celebrating black but there are a lot of things that are talking about black culture and the arts and the things like that that got out there in a time period when that wasn't you know now we have more shows like that and we have more inclusive yeah, I mean, at that, things at the back you... then it wasn't that
0: yeah at that time you had like the Cosby, Cosby show. shows the same
1: thing, and I get it. You put, you putting Cliff Huxtable lives in a brownstone in frickin' Brooklyn, and and now you put the you put the, Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel Air is set in Bel Air, so it's not like these are struggling like Spike Lee type films where you're showing that side of the culture, but you were still showing something, and I love that the reunion showed that there was importance and they took that seriously because it got into so many homes, and they go into that whole thing which I loved about the idea that it played against or just after Monday Night Football. So people would, like,
0: yeah, there was that originally thing, have yeah. to be
1: like, oh, we we're going to go watch Fresh Prince at halftime or whatever instead of Monday Night Football, which dominated. Like, that shows mm. how good of a show it is and how important of a show it is.
0: You said it correctly the whole way through. Um, it didn't feel... I think that's why it was so open, like, welcoming to, to everybody. And I think that's why... I think also, too, it, it it what it did was, much like maybe the Jeffersons, it was like a... A Mm nineties versions of the Jeffersons, maybe? Absolutely. Great thing.
1: Great, great point.
0: Where you have the kid from West Philly coming to you know, the high end area of Bel Air.
1: And you had the Jeffersons moving in and moving up to a better place and they were moving up to the east side or whatever it was to to a better neighborhood.
0: So it still played on both that factor of
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, you know, someone who's not used to being wealthy and then a wealthy family who's not used to, you know, a character like Will Smith and his antics. But one thing that I think is huge in this show is obviously the uh, recasting of
1: Aunt Viv. Huge. That took a big chunk. And I'm glad it did because growing up, I obviously watching the show noticed that Aunt Viv changed after season two or whatever it was. Three. That it was a different act. Season three, it was a different actress very clear but I in my head I got it not necessarily jumbled but I always thought oh I bought in I said oh the first I don't really I don't think I really like the first one I like the second ant viv better and then I think back and I'm like well actually I liked both of them why do I have this negative connotation towards the first ant viv and this one hits that right on the head yeah I think in uh... a very awkward and not not awkward awkward's not the right word we'll t- we'll talk about it a little more but like the confrontation she was not letting him off the hook
0: no i think this is something is very unique and i'm glad that it's brought to the forefront because of today's current circumstances of social media and things like that i don't think that this would happen but the red talk uh, the red table talk that Will Smith did after this reunion was pretty interesting and Will Smith felt felt threatened by uh, Janet Hubert, who played Aunt Viv, the first Aunt Viv, and more. Like it makes total sense, and he handled it completely wrong, and he handled Absolutely. it completely imma- like immature and completely as a person, not in the industry or she not- was
1: she was someone who you know obviously she had children and she had a struggling marriage and she she lets all that unleash on him, but. He's not one to run, and and that's what I like about the reunion itself is he doesn't run away from the fact that, you know, what you're saying, Brad, is that he handled it wrong. He was a 21-year-old kid yeah. who thought that he that things were going very well for him. I mean, he was like an, a, a superstar already at this point because of this show and because of his music career, and he thought, this woman is difficult to work with. She makes everything hard. She snaps back at me. She's trying to steal power away she from wasn't... me, so, so I'm yeah, going to he... get rid of her.
0: Well, so he opened up on Red Table Talk and was like, he felt threatened by her.
1: Absolutely, I bet.
0: And part of that is because uh, she's a Juilliard actress, singer, dancer, and he was constantly seeking approval as an actor because he was a rapper, never an actor, never trained, so... You know, he was constantly seeking the approval of people like James Avery, Janet Hubert, who've been around. And this was like, again, didn't know what she was going through at that time. Her home life is falling apart. He is on the rise. He's a star. He's got power at 21. I would consider someone 21 a a child star. And we all know how that goes. I don't think Absolutely. There are, there's not many people who come through to the other side of that. And no, it,
1: it it's it's problematic,
0: especially when you're not in that industry. It's not like definitely, you know. So of course he's seeking approval. So the minute he tells the joke, you know, this goes into his past, and I'm not. I won't dig too deep in that. If you want to check out the Red Table Table Talk, check it out. Um, but. There's some triggers there in therapy and I totally get a lot of it being in like a dysfunctional household as a child. I think the aftermath of it all is really what hurt the most. And he was Definitely. I mean, he was saying she was fired, she was difficult to work with. And as a and she, she goes on to say, you know, like as a as a woman of color in Hollywood Cence. So you're a star telling everyone I'm difficult to work with. Like it's a death sentence for sure. So it was really good to see them, you know, hash it out. Not necessarily hash it out. Cause they were, it was all about like listening. And I think Will Smith did one of the most mature things and the most, um, and put himself out there to really just take in what she had to say. Um, how she felt how hurt she was and obviously his point of view is different from when he was 21 to now because he's been through it and um i thought that was really great coming of age type of story to to bring in and i love that he brought her back in the fold with all the other cast mates i think um, i did
1: too i thought that was a big thing to do and and to just have her be there and and not only ad- like address it head on, they have that one on one interview with the two of them. So he gets it out there. She doesn't let him off the hook. It's like oh shit, Mm-mm. and and then he you know I think they come to a good place. And then to say he introduces that whole clip is like I was able to meet able with Janet and clear the air. They watch that together on the big screen, and then he brings her out. She'd never even met the other Aunt Viv. Like that's right. how far away she'd been, and all this shit's going on. And all of a sudden now they're talking and they're communicating. It's opening. I just I feel like it was. It was healing a wound, obviously, because I feel like they got to a good place. But also, it wasn't healing it in a publicity way. Like, they got together and shook hands. We're like, what a tough time we were for each other. She was like, why the fuck did you think you could do that? And he was like, oh, shit, I don't know. I was dumb. And it's like, it felt like it was genuine. And I think that's what this whole reunion was for me. The whole thing, start to finish, felt genuine. I felt genuine that they wanted to be there, that they liked seeing each other. They mm. were laughing and crying in a genuine way. And then they had this awkward scenario that I felt like was genuine that led to something greater that closed out. And it, the whole time I was like, this feels like real people, not something that a bunch of, uh, publicists, pub- publicists, publicists put together to be an awesome thing for HBO max. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, it, you're absolutely right. I think I just wish you would make a good movie soon
1: me too i'd love to see a good movie
0: i'm always i guess we're always gonna be rooting for will smith but i think fresh prince is one of those classic sitcoms uh you know much like a seinfeld where it went out on top you had him go from that to independence day or you know everything else after that where he's i mean hitch is probably his last great movie (laughs) which you said chris i'm not gonna but now he's involved in this reboot of a maybe a more dramatic, fresh Prince of Bel-Air take. And more of right. like a... Sounds very CW, if I'm being very, honest.
1: Very, but we'll see what that means, what that looks like.
0: But I, I want to ask you your thoughts. After watching the reunion and this whole thing with Janet, I couldn't help but think about, like, sorry, cool, you guys patched it up. Her career was ruined because of you. While I'm watching him say this stuff, it didn't really show... As far as the reunion stuff goes, like, you know, him being like, I'm going to take like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to work. I'm gonna make sure you get back into the spotlight because I feel like he has the power to do that. Sure. So do you feel like he should have an obligation to her to do that?
1: Maybe, this- maybe a little bit, maybe to, to see where she goes. One thing I'd like to say, which is completely unsubstantiated, but I'm pretty sure I'm 100% correct on this the show ran six seasons she was on three of them the show is syndicated so she still gets paid for all the episodes that she was in so she's getting a check every month for this it's not like it's not like she was blacklisted and she didn't I'm, get any money that's not how that's not how representation works i don't know
0: if i would agree i don't know because back at that in, in that time i don't know if contracts.
1: Oh absolutely it's been that's been going on since like 1962 or something like that yeah if you're a white guy works. well the, yeah. how 60 but for everybody if they have to as a co-star as a co-star i don't absolutely. i don't
0: i don't know absolutely. if so i
1: she's getting a check but it's probably not it's not a crazy amount of money which is why i think that getting better representation now could draw more attention and not like she wants to redo her acting, acting career, but career. Yeah, it could yeah. open some doors to things like. You know, guest appearances well, and convention type stuff and things well, like that.
0: Well, my point was, if they're going to reboot this series is, you know, and he's a producer on that.
1: Does she come back in? Exactly. Maybe. That's a great point. Maybe he has to be like, yeah, we got to get her in some role. Which I think would be dope.
0: I guess it just depends That's on what she wants to do at this point. Because True. Um, but it would be great. I mean, I she has some great moments in oh in this, in some, the some
1: classic ones she has half of the great aunt viv moments because she did half the character
0: no i think she i think she does the best she
1: yeah ha- it's true she has some of the real showstoppers the, the
0: character the character from season one to three versus three to six or f- actually it's four to six uh it's night and day and and not to take away from the second round Aunt viv who was actually no, of off- offered to addition for Aunt viv originally and she was like i don't want to work with the Yeah, i don't want to do that yeah so i know i think i think her character gets cut and you see that kind of happen but if you're coming in late in the game you don't really care because you don't know right i you're think
1: like, okay cool whatever
0: but i think Aunt viv have had a lot of key moments. I mean, she was the function, she like drove Uncle Phil to make better decisions and not the powerful decisions. She was like the home. So I see that, but I I was curious because they explored so many different um, mental and emotional capacities that I was like, you know, you see Will Smith apologize, you see him listen and and take in what she's saying, but you don't really see him be like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take care of you or like make a move. Totally. Because I w- I mean, me personally, I would feel like I. I would feel like in debt to something, you know, like I, I messed this up for her. Like, I need to. I need something. to make this right. Yeah. Which isn't which is like a an, an emotional tick. Of something. So. Either someone's like, yeah, I said, I'm sorry, I'm good. Like we're good, or it's like no, I I owe you know the feeling the guilt of owing somebody something too. Right. I think is interesting. So, um, but it definitely all definitely
1: made for it definitely made for good TV.
0: Definitely, and Chris, uh, on that note, all in all, splash trasher man about the Fresh Prince.
1: Oh, it's a, it's a hands-down splash. If you watch the hands show casually splash. or you're a big fan, hands-down splash. Go and watch it just for the stories alone, a little bit of behind-the-scenes, and to see everybody where they're at now. Jeffrey's still looking fly.
0: Ah, I know, right? He was they're looking like, good. Looks he did, like he's he only looked, aged a year. Exactly. Where everyone else look super old. Well, not really. Yeah, like he's look. 30 years old. It's crazy. But even like Karen Parsons, who played Hillary, she looks great. I mean.
1: Everybody looks great.
0: Everyone looks great. Um, It was such a great reunion. One of the classic shows of pop culture history. Um, but many people don't know this, Chris. Is that there's the song, the theme song, is actually a lot longer than what's portrayed on the show. Did you know that?
1: Really? I did not know that. Yeah,
0: it's actually a full song. There's multiple verses. And it's very chopped up on the intro, but... If you have a second, definitely Google that because it's worth it.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't even know.
0: I begged him, pleaded with the Yeah, he goes into the whole thing. How about how his mom kicks him out and stuff? So it's definitely worth a
1: A Google. Worth the Google. Um, again,
0: this is Splash. It's been great. We've been talking hours on stuff tonight. So definitely check out this episode as well as uh the mandalorian next episode and how we've been following that whole series to get into that me crazy wicked holiday we can enjoy your turkey if you have turkey for thanksgiving um i'm your host rally baxter along with my man chris bucky watts We this is g splash baby we out of (laughs) here peace oh yeah bye